Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right, turn with me. We have finished our Roots series and... Starting today, we are in Colossians, so Children's Church, if if you have finished kindergarten through sixth grade, you are dismissed. Now, take a look around. How many kids we still have in here? That's why we need Kinder Church going again. All right, Colossians. Pastor didn't even mark her Bible today. But it's in that little group. If you did Bible quizzing with me, we remembered this. A little group of scriptures by Give Everyone Popcorn, Please. Brittany, do you remember? Was that one of your years? Which means it was Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, um, Colossians, Philemon. Yeah, yeah. But we made this little acronym of Give Everyone Popcorn, Please. And I still, to this day, when I'm flipping my Bible open, have to kind of go through that when I'm looking for these books of the Bible. So we're starting this week with Colossians. Now this book, this letter, I call it a book, but it was a letter, was written when Paul was actually imprisoned in Rome. Um, and he, he was addressing, he had never been to Colossae. This church was actually planned it, um, by somebody else, but he had begun to hear things that were going on in the church that he was a little concerned about. All right, so he began to address things, pagan ideas, things of the world. You know, I feel like when I say that, when I say pagan ideas, I feel like we dismiss that as something that used to happen. It don't happen no more. No, it's just when things of the world begin to creep into the church, ideas, ways you do things. And so he's addressing things that are beginning to kind of creep their way into the church. And, and one of the biggest questions he was answering in this letter from the earliest church that we're reading about to today, I think a question we still have to wrestle with to get an answer to, who is Jesus? This is a question that has always been around, will always be around um, and that's one of the questions he begins to answer in chapter 1 today. Starting with verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself 
through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Lord, this is your word today, and you tell me it's alive and active, ever-changing to speak to the hearts of the believers. So God, for every person in here today, may they hear the message you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul always starts his letters. If you go back and read the first part of this chapter, he always starts with a greeting, a a prayer, and a thanksgiving. In other words, he starts with good things, right? He always starts with how much he appreciates the church he's talking to, the things they've done well. Um, If you are ever in a position as a leader, as a boss, Always lead with the positive first. You will always make more of an impression upon people when you start with that prayer of thanksgiving over somebody. Now, he had not visited this church before. It was probably planted, um, if you read in verse 7, Epaphras was probably the one that planted this church. He's quick to list those good things. But I wanted to take note, and I didn't tell Bo to put this up there, but verse 6 says, this same good news that came to you. So he he tells them, you know, this is what I love about you, Colossians. This is what your church does well, and you love people, and I keep hearing these good things, and and this this good news that was preached to you, that was brought to you. Verse 6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. I love district assembly. Now, like so many of you, you may have this testimony if you've ever been, the very first time you went to district assembly, you probably was drugged there by somebody. You got voted in and like, oh, okay, I'll go. I'll do my duty, right? But then once you go, I just don't know how you don't love it. And maybe I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, Because I love, and especially, now this year was a little bit different. I keep telling Bo and Mandy, you know, I'm hoping they really loved it. Because every year when somebody goes, I hope they get the bug that now they want to go every single year. Um, And so I keep telling Bo and Mandy, this year was a little bit different. We took two and a half days and crammed it all together in one day. And that made it a little more stressful, didn't it, Diane? Um, Diane, she can testify, her and Gerald, that there was some things missing. You know, normally we would have three nights of services that just sort of lift and build your spirits up. Um, NMI, man... That's the council I serve on, and we usually have a whole lot more fun and games thrown in the middle of that, you know, so that it's not just business. But it's always a good time to meet up with our friends and family from around the district. Um, I don't know. 
those of you that know, I've got shoulder issues with, um, I'm, I'm going to assume it's a frozen shoulder. We'll know tomorrow. I have a doctor's appointment. Um, but man, I was worried about district assembly because there's a whole lot of hugging that goes on at district assembly. And so I made sure to take a, a good pain pill for that day because I knew it was going to be a lot of hugging, you know, especially after COVID and we've not seen each other. We've been zooming, but we've not seen each other. And, and so many people that, and, and bless his heart, there was one pastor. Thomas was like, baby, I think you need to sit on the other end of the row because I was sitting on the outside and he was talking to me and he just kept my shoulder and just I'm so proud of you and I can't wait for tonight and I was just like hello oh I'm gonna lose my ordination before I get it if he hits me one more time <laughs> you know um but I love I mean I love district assembly because I love seeing everybody Brittany this year she was actually a delegate this was her first year to the adulthood side of it um she has a little group we call the basement brats that they all grew up in district um going downstairs and they had their little gathering while we were upstairs doing the business it's family it's family but I especially love the NMI portion of it not just because I serve on that council but I love it because it reminds me how big the family is. And it reminds me that this good news that changed my life is producing fruit all over the world. That the same, just like Paul told the Colossians, the same good news that changed your life is changing lives all over the world. Jesus is the same all over the world. We heard briefly, you know, from the gardeners, but our key speaker was actually Dr. Philly Chombo, our general superintendent. And he's from Africa. Brittany actually got to briefly meet him when she was serving in South Africa. Then he was regional director, I believe, is where you saw him. That same summer is when he got elected as the DS. But I loved his testimony about missions, because he shared with us how missions, how missionaries bringing the good news to Africa changed his family. Because of missionaries, his grandparents were saved. And because his grandparents were saved, it changed the whole direction of their family. His grandfather became a minister. His dad became a minister. He shared his uh, testimony of growing up a PK. He told us in our luncheon with the ordinands how he prays for the families, you know, the spouses. He prayed over them, and he said, I pray for families, especially if you have kids, because he said, as a PK, he said, I can tell you that when you're a preacher's kid, you don't sign up for this. Like when God calls mama or daddy, the kids don't sign up, but they still along for the ride. And Brittany can give an amen to that probably. And uh, so he even shared his story of his deal he made with God. He heard God call him at a very young age. And he said, I had this discussion with God and we made a deal. Now, if you've been a Christian long enough, you know you don't make deals with God. It, it just don't ever turn out the way we think. So his deal was because he didn't want to be a preacher. You know, grandpa's a preacher, daddy's a preacher, and I don't want to be a preacher. So he said, God, this is what my plan is. He said, if you'll just bless me, I want to be a businessman. 
And I want to do things in economy. And he said, I will make money that funds the mission work. So I will, I will make the money for the church, God. You, and, and that's not a bad thing, right? Cause we need the money. We need those funds. Sandy likes when the funds come in and she can pay the bills, right? God blesses people to bless the church and to bless others. So as a young kid, he thought deal is made. Then as a teenager, God revisited. <laughs> and he said in that service, when he began to feel the tug of God calling, he was like, now, God, we already dealt with this, I thought. <laughs> and he said, but I was wrong because God had other ideas. But he said, I love missions because it changed my life. He said, when I go and I speak at things, and especially if it's a mission program, he said, a lot of times all the Bo James will say, hey, you got a a PowerPoint slide or, or program you need me to put up, any pictures, any videos, and he goes, no, I am the PowerPoint. Because you see, when they when they show us these pictures, I'm sure Don and Evie will have pictures for us. It's to show us what God is doing. It's to show us the faces that are being affected because of your giving. It's to show us how God changes lives. And Dr. Chombo says, I don't need a PowerPoint. I am the PowerPoint. I am that story. And so as I was reading that verse 6, I love that. It made me think of what we experienced this week. Paul was reminding them that there's a larger picture, church, than just Wicks, Arkansas. It's easy for us to think about our church. My church, as Logan would say, our church. But our church is global. And he was reminding even the church at Colossae that, that you are part of something that's bigger than just where you're at. The good news is changing lives. Now, when we accept Christ, it's not just to turn over a new leaf or maybe to try to do better. Maybe you've said those things. Well, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to do things a little different. I'm going to try harder. That's not how it works. When Jesus comes into your life, it changes things. You see, you you have to understand the good news is not just information that I'm giving you. The good news is about transformation. You should not be the same person after Jesus that you was before. Now, is it a work in process? Yes. Some people, maybe a lot of things happen instantaneously. And for some people like me, it takes a lot of work and God is still working. He's still working on some things. But our God is patient. Our God is full of grace. Our God is full of mercy as he's changing. New believers, let me let me make sure you understand this, whether you got saved a week ago or if you got saved 40 years ago. Your purpose in life should change. Your direction, your dreams, your desires should change change. Because Paul says the good news changes our lives. Now I said that one thing that Paul wanted to address was the question of who is Jesus? You see, they were having this problem in the church there at Colossae because, um, again, we talked a little bit about this last week, the, the thought that, okay, God cannot be human 
He didn't, you know, so this Jesus person, I don't think he's really God, you know, like big G God. I don't, you know, he's a great prophet, you know. These kind of things will start to filter into the church. And we still have that even today. So the question that who is Jesus is the beginning of your faith, but it should always be the focal point of your faith. Our faith is based on Jesus Christ. You take Jesus out of this book and take out who he says he is, we don't have Christianity anymore. We have rules and we have things left over, but our hope is gone. The change is gone because Jesus changed everything. Remember that he fulfilled the old covenant to create the new covenant. Change happened. Verse 15, Paul said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. This was an important statement for people of the time. I believe it's still an important statement today. And it gets harder for us the further away from Jesus' life on this earth because now we truly are believing in something we didn't even see. But I'm taking the word of the ones who did. That's their account. Jesus was the visible image of an invisible God. He existed before anything was created. So just so you know, Jesus didn't just show up the day he was born to Mary. That was not the beginning of Jesus. That was the day God came down the mountain to be with us here on earth. He existed before all things. Therefore, he's supreme over all things. So pause on that just for a moment because I know, I feel like everybody in this room should understand that. But I also know somebody in here doesn't quite grasp how big that statement is. That Jesus is the visible form of God. And he existed before everything else that was created. And that's a crucial thing. So think about this. In Genesis, what's the very first words of our Bible? In the beginning, God created. Right? Jesus already existed. In fact, this goes on to tell us that it was through Jesus, through the word, that God created. And that's something that you have to wrap your mind around because it reminds us of who Jesus is. He's not just a good prophet. He wasn't just a good teacher. Oh, he taught us some great things. He was God himself living amongst them. And verse 17 said he existed before anything else. Therefore, he's the one that holds it together. Oh, we think we're so important, don't we? (laughs) Jesus Christ holds this world together. So if it stays together or if it falls apart, it's in his hands. He's in control of that. I don't know about you, but that brings me peace. When I remember who Jesus is and it puts me in my humble position, it takes a whole lot of worry off of me. 
Because I think too often we do carry a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety in this world that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't, even in the chaos, as Will said, even in the bad things happening, God's still working. Then Paul went on, the next thing he reminded them is, Christ is the head of the church. You see, it is so easy for us, church, to just function and do what we do. Me, the board, together, we make these decisions, and sometimes we can forget that Christ is the head of the church. We can forget to stop and ask, Lord, what do you want to do? God, what direction do you want us to take? Do you want it to look different? Do you want us to branch out and try something different? Lord, do you want this to happen? Christ is the head of the church. And as long as we keep that focused, this church will continue to grow and be blessed. I truly believe that. As long as we are living out the gospel. And and see, when we remember that Christ, and when I say church, I'm talking big C church. This morning, I don't know which one of you I was talking to about the whole ordination. It might have been Sandy. And I was like, you know, I know everybody thinks I should feel really different, but I really I don't. Diane asked, what was it you said to me, Diane? Are you the same person that was here last week? She thinks my head grew or something. I don't know. Um, no. I mean, was it? I don't even know how to explain. I was so nervous up to the point. Poor Thomas thought he was going to have to tranquilize me to get me to that stage and not pass out or something. And I don't know why I was so nervous. I haven't been that nervous since I gave probably my first pastoral speech before the, you know, the whole church or whatever. But I think it was because I knew what a moment it was. But it didn't fall on me until Chombo put his hands on my head. And that man, by the way, okay, you saw pictures on Facebook. He's a big man. He's a, he, when I took pictures with him and Thomas, I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. And he has the wingspan of an eagle, I swear, because I felt like a cap got put on my head when that man put his hands on top of my head. But in that moment, time just sort of stopped for me as I understood, because he made clear to us ordinance, this is not just you being ordained as a Nazarene. You are being ordained into the global church as a minister of God. And that moment, that's why I said in that moment, sure, every, you know, they say your life flashes before your eyes. I had pictures of all the classes, all the work that's, you know, I did go in through this. But then I also had pictures of every person that I, I wish could have been there. And unfortunately, a lot of them, they, they had heavenly seats watching me. But then I had flashes of all the way back to the disciples and Paul and over the years and generations of pastors that this was being placed upon. And that holy moment, man, just fell on top of me. And I had that thought of it's the global church. Christ is head of the big church. Not just our denomination. I mean, just warn y'all, there's going to be some Baptists and Methodists in heaven with us. And, you know, amen. Maybe maybe sometimes it weirds us out if we're at the Pentecostal church and they get a little excited. They're going to be in heaven with you, so get used to it, okay? It's, it's going to happen. 
In fact, I love when we do uh, big gatherings and, it, and you hear voices singing together and it's just glorious to think of what heaven's going to be like. But this is also why church, the gospel, it's not American, it's not Latino, it's not British, it's not African. Every message I preach, I should be able to preach anywhere in the world. That is what it means for Christ to be the head of the church. Because the gospel I give you that changes your life should be able to change the life anywhere I go in the world. And Paul reminded them of that. Finally, he reminded them of who Christ was, that he was the reason that we are reconciled to God. In other words, we're made right again. Our sin separates us, right? And it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection when we accept that gift of salvation that we are made right through God. Why would he have to remind them of this, you say? Because sometimes we forget Sometimes we think it's how much we serve and how much we give in the offering plate and how much we do around here. And if I can just look good, if I can just sit in these pews every Sunday, I'm good. No, that has nothing to do with your salvation. Jesus Christ is your salvation. These other things we do, we do it because of Jesus Christ. We meet and assemble because Christ said, I'm going to make my church. And the early church, they met, they fellowshiped together. You think it's hard to make it every Sunday? Man, if we was the early church, we'd be meeting together every single day. Right? Don't forget who Jesus is. That's what keeps us grounded. But then Paul closed with this thought. And he said, don't drift away. So Paul reminds them, that Jesus is, is God. He's God supreme. He reminds them he's the head of the church. He reminds them he's the one that makes us right. And he says, don't drift away from these things. When I uh, was younger, we would go camping a lot, and uh, we would camp over on the Washita River around the Arkadelphia area. My dad was weird. Like, if he saw a place on the side of the road that just looked good to camp, he would hunt down who owned that land to go ask them for their permission. I, I lie. I, I, I'm not lying. We were just driving to Arkadelphia one day, and he saw the Washita River, and he went to a local store and asked who owned that piece of land, and he tracked that person down and got the okay for us to go camping on that land. I don't eat my daddy anyway. <laughs> but there was this nice, it was a beautiful place. We camped on um, the, the little sand barges. That's not always smart, by the way. One night we woke up with water up in the tents because the river rose, so don't do that. Um, but there was this one area of this guy's land that had a, a crook in the river, but there was an offshoot to it because the river was pretty swift in that area. Um, we'd see people, you know, canoeing down through there all the time. But this little offshoot was a little bit calmer, and that's where we would swim in. You know, Mom and Dad told me and my sister, y'all can swim there all day long, whatever, hang out, just stay out of the main current, okay? Me and Cindy, we're swimming, and, and Cindy just got too close one day to that main current. We were floating on our little floaties. We'd float down that little branch, and then we'd walk back up, you know. 
And she got too close to the main current one day, and it sucked her in. Because we didn't realize just at that current was the drop-off. So she had just taken one step too many, and her foot fell in, and down the river Cindy goes. Now, if you know my sister, (laughs) she's dying laughing the whole time that she's floating down the river. Me screaming bloody murder for my dad because I know I can't get her. I'm, you know, I'm just going to float off too if I stepped into that current. And so dad takes off running down the stream. He's screaming at Cindy, swim to the side, swim to... And Cindy is so tickled, she's just dying laughing the whole time. Impending death, we don't know because I don't even know what's down the river, you know. And dad had to chase her down that river to pull her back in. Fun was over for the day. We can't tell you what daddy said to Cindy when he got a hold of her. Um, Daddy was not saved back then. (laughs) Um, But I can tell you it was not good. But you see, Paul was talking about don't drift away. As the church, when we are changed, when you come to Jesus, it should change your life. That takes you out of the mainstream of things, right? We should be set apart. We should be different. Problem is, we talked a couple weeks ago about, oh, we just like to get to the edge sometimes and just sort of, how close can I get? But if we step off the edge, you might fall into that current that's going to take you away. So see, Paul was trying to warn the church at Colossae. He says, I see some things that may not be the best. So be careful. Don't drift. Church, I'm warning you as well today, don't drift. Because verse 6 said, the good news changes our life. Jesus is fully God. He's the head of the church. He's reconciling us. But we have to be on guard. That things of this world, things that Paul said were pagan things, things of this world tend to seep in sometimes. How we live. Some of us today, maybe we've drifted away and we didn't even know it. Maybe you're like Cindy. Maybe you're just laughing and giggling and having a great time. You don't even realize the danger you're in. That you're just getting further and further away. Because you're just enjoying life. Maybe we've forgotten that Jesus changes everything. He doesn't just change what you do on Sunday or Wednesday. He changes everything. Maybe we've drifted back into a way of life that God already set us free from. Maybe we've forgotten that Jesus, that following him is not just about suggestions. You know, sometimes when I read scriptures and and something kind of slaps you in the face and then you leave here and maybe, well, I know, that that's sort of a good thought, but Jesus isn't giving us suggestions. He's giving us a new way of life. That's how the change happens. But see, this world we're living in today I can just sort of pick and choose what I want and live life the way I want, right? And it's still okay. Hmm. But is it? Because Paul says, don't drift away. Don't drift away. It's not about suggesting how life should be. It's about transforming your life, 
Maybe we've forgotten that early passion when you first accepted Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Please tell me I'm not the only one that when you got saved, when you got serious with Jesus and he changed you, you wanted to tell everybody. Like you wanted to tell everybody how awesome Jesus is. Anybody remember that? Now, anybody else, do you have that memory of that day that you thought, okay, I'm done, like I've served my time? (laughs) When BJ says Wednesday VBS, you go, oh, you know how many VBSs I've done in my life? You're not done till you're not breathing. There's no retirement. I hate to break it to you. There's no retirement because... As long as you're here, you're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. Whether it's on your job, Tammy, what a great praise that was. That's your mission field. You see, my job is to stand here. My job is to watch over the flock. But flock, you're supposed to be out there telling people about Jesus. And I think a lot of you have a great vision and dreams. You want to see all of You're ready for me to add more chairs in? Well, maybe not. I don't know. Being in a church that their pews were unmovable, it felt pretty crowded. Mandy, was it? Did you feel a little claustrophobic? <laughs> I did. I like my rows. They have, um, their, their seats are the theater seats, so individual seats in, in Brockington Road. So they never got to remove seats and stuff. And, I was like, I don't even think I got rent. Where do I put my purse? Where do I, <laughs> you know? Um, but man, we're ready though. We, we want to see people coming. I need your help. I, I can't do it all. I, I can't teach every class. I, I am excited about kids coming back on Wednesday night. I need your help. Don't drift away, church. Don't drift away from what God calls each and every one of us to do. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are the helpers. Some of you can make snacks and foods. Some of you can drive a van and pick up kids. It takes everybody to make it work. Don't drift away from that first love of Jesus where we want to tell everybody and make a change because the same gospel that changed your life is the same gospel that will change this community and this world stand with me this morning who is jesus don't leave here until you've answered that question today Is he just somebody that we like to read about on occasion and we take suggestions from? Or is he the visible image of an invisible God that came down to change our lives, to make us right again? And if that's the answer you have, it should change everything in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and Lord, I am praying right now for your spirit as as he is working in here. And God, I feel like everybody has maybe received a different message today. God, I pray that it fell on good soil, that when they leave here, they're still thinking about something you nudged them with today.
And God, I pray in our hearts, may you search us and know that if there's anything that has begun to drift into our faith, into this church, into our lives, that is not of you. Could you expose that now to us, Father? God, for any of us that maybe we've just sort of drifted off, maybe we didn't even realize it. We just sort of gotten busy. We've been doing our own thing, and we know we need to pull back in. God, would you speak to our hearts today? Father, I love this congregation, and I love Miss Kathy back there with our children even today. And we just want to praise her again today, Lord, for all she's done, for her family that, Lord, I know she's impacted, and for so many others. Lord, we are a part of your body. Have your way, have your will with this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, have a beautiful day with your families and go be a blessing to someone. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.